All right. It's going to be the, the first AT Banter cookbook. Yeah. 50 sure. Shades of Gravy. I love it. Recipes and things you can do with gravy. Yep. Not just in the kitchen. Don't get to trademark it. So when we say when we say biscuits and gravy, you uh, you have to wonder what kind of biscuits are we talking about? Mm. Yeah, bedroom banter. <laughs> bedroom banter. <laughs> talk? Banter oh, after dark. <laughs> I totally or, that. Or in that the morning. To, that totally went over my head. Biscuits Liz gravy? was making a dirty joke, and I was still thinking about. Uh, oh Lord! Jerry, you break breakfast into your dirty jokes. Recording in progress. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. This, this is, uh, <laughs> I just, I love that. I love, we've got, we've even, we've got our own little thing that we do when members of the podcast are away. That's great. Uh, this is of course the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot. Joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello everyone. And no Steve Barkley, hence the big empty space at that banter banter. But hey, look who it is. It's Liz Malone. Who's drinking beer instead of seltzer this week. Ah, really? Walking <laughs> on the wild side. Broadening my sponsorship horizons, my friend. This is good. This is good. Well, so what's, we should name this podcast, What's Liz Drinking Today? <laughs> <laughs> could be could be a better I mean we were looking to rebrand so how are you two people today ladies first um I'm sweating my little biscuits off um <laughs> yeah here it's a, is you got a heat wave or something we have going a, on down there? yeah we got a little heat wave going on uh Man. in the southern parts as we, as as I guess we are to you yeah. very southern yeah southern parts Biscuits, yeah, we're hitting, we're hitting tri it, triple digits. <laughs> <laughs> she said southern parts. <laughs> Sorry. God, the gosh. train's derailed. I'm gone. <laughs> no, but, all right. Oh, yeah. I hate having to be the adult in the room. <laughs> Sucks. Uh, I want to play, too. <laughs> uh, no, do you, Liz? But so, do you have like an air conditioner or anything, or no? I well, everything in the south, everything is central air with HVAC oh, systems. Oh, god, yeah, those yeah, those you, window ACs don't do don't do squat in this kind of heat. So. Oh, is that right? Wow, that's mm -hmm. brutal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't even have that. I need. I think mm -hmm. I, I think I need to get one for the summer because I don't know. We're probably gonna get. I we just just prepare to just live in yep. the world of mad max apparently because gas is like super expensive and rare mm -hmm. you're gonna see, start seeing roving bands of marauders on the highway stealing each other's gas during the heat wave mm. fun times mm. yeah uh all right well now that that's over with i'm fine too thanks i, I appreciate it 
Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, sorry, sorry, Ryan. Okay. No, it's all good. No, 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 no. That's Life good. is fantastic. No, it's fine. No, we stop. We're gonna we're gonna go there. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, what about you? What about me? Well, you know, living the life. Here I am, week after week, podcasting in my man cave. Life couldn't be any better. Well, it could. Hmm. I'm waiting for warmer weather, but. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe let's just give you some. I know. I'd say oh, there, we're just going to send some. We're still waiting for summer here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, well hey, Ryan. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> You're in a mood today. Uh, what, <laughs> what are we doing today? Today, we have a special guest in our virtual studio with us. Today, we have Chad Boughton, who is a journalist and fellow podcaster who reached out to us saying, hey, just found out about your show, been listening to some. Here he is on our show. So welcome, <laughs> Chad. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Um, happy to meet you all personally. Um, but yeah, just found out the podcast uh, maybe like a month ago and just been listening to the content and just love your dynamics. So uh, oh, it's funny, you know, <laughs> I actually you guys to be on mine but uh, here i am on yours so thank you so much for having me on it's a, it's a pleasure well podcasting is such an interesting thing these days because mm. you know it's become a lot more popular it's it's really exploded in popularity you know especially since like recording equipment uh has really um decreased in price and availability i mean now now it's you know no problem you go to Best Buy and you just mm-hmm. plop down 50 bucks on a, on a half decent microphone, you download um, a free piece of software on your computer and boom, away you go, you're a podcaster. So, um, and which I think is great because I think it is a really great platform um, to be able to, to do a lot of good, especially if, uh, if you have a, a lot of, uh, of things to say. So given that, uh, I'm really curious to, to hear a little bit about your story about how you uh, came to to uh, put together your podcast, but before we do that, maybe just give us a little bit of a uh, like sort of a screenshot of of you and who you are mm-hmm. and and how the podcast came into being. <laughs> so um, first, I say there was no plan for the podcast. <laughs> it's something that kind of just came about out, out of the circumstances. But definitely, uh, I'll, I'll get into those in just a bit. But yeah, so. Um, my name is Chad Bouton. I'm the host of Hindsight is 20 slash 200 or just Hindsight is 2200. Um, I've been doing the podcast for about four months. So March of this year is when we launched the first episode. Um, I am 29 years old and I've been losing my vision since I was 11 years old because of autosomal recessive retinitis pigmentosa. Um, basically what vision I have now is just what's directly in front of me. Um, I don't have any working peripheral vision. So the easiest way I can explain my vision to people is basically it's like I'm looking through a straw all day. <laughs> uh, so it's a, it's very, very narrow. And um, yeah, I've just been losing my vision since I was a very young kid. Um, you know, pretty much the only thing I've known my entire life is the fact that I'm going to keep losing my vision and that I'm going to, you know, continue to experience issues with my independence and my confidence, which I've definitely battled with throughout you know, my many years here on earth and, uh, but, you know, just navigate it the best I can. And in terms of like my professional background, I was, um, in philanthropy for about five years before the pandemic hit working with Southeastern guide dogs out of Palmetto, Florida. 
which is an amazing organization that trains guide dogs for the visually impaired and service dogs for veterans that served in the U.S. military. Um, so that's what I did prior to um, the COVID pandemic. And pretty much the, the pandemic is the reason that I started the, the podcast. There probably would be no podcast had I not lost my job due to the uh, ongoing pandemic. That's really interesting. Actually, I wonder, I do wonder how many podcasts were actually born out of the, out of the pandemic, because mm -hmm. it seems to me that's probably not an unusual story. Basically, I was in charge of raising money for the organization. It is because as a nonprofit, it relies on contributions from the public and vast partners. So it could be, you know, just an individual or, you know, like an entire organization, like a, a progressive insurance. So you know, basically what I was doing was I was working in public events. So I was putting on what they call walkathons, which is basically like this big in-person event where it combines kind of like a 2K walk with like a festival. So people go there to do the walk, but they also have vendors out there. Um, and this is kind of their time to promote their services and products to the public. Um, it's kind of all centered around the idea of where, uh, raising awareness for vision loss, of course. So that was what I was doing. So basically I was managing portfolios of 50 plus people, you know, basically making sure that everything from the tables and chairs were there to tents, making sure that there was like live entertainment, food and refreshment. Um, and then of course, you know, raising money. And, um, you know, we were able to raise some incredible money while I was there. Like the, the first year that I, I worked on the event um, by myself, I raised about $40,000 for the organization. So, you know, it, it was it was great work and I was very happy to contribute um, what I could do to the organization so that it could continue to offer its training and its, you know, services to the public because the great thing about Southeastern is that they can offer all these dogs to the public for free as well as have every student that stays on the campus to train with one of their dogs to form a partnership. And they can keep them on campus for up to three weeks, um, depending on the program, but three weeks um, and to, you know, provide them a room as well as food um, while they're there. So, you know, that fundraising was instrumental to the organization's continued success. So it, it was a lot of fun work. I had a lot of fun doing it. And so the pandemic hit and, you know, you like, along with, you know, a, a ton of other people, I'm sure, you know, found found yeah. themselves either laid off or mm -hmm. unemployed. So you what you were just kind of sitting around and you thought, <laughs> you know what, you know what I need to do? Uh, I need to start a podcast. <laughs> well, how, well did, how did that whole process <laughs> sort of come about? Well, first it was um, I need to pay bills immediately. So I'm going to go work as a janitor at a reemployment office, which I mean, nothing against janitors, but I absolutely hated that work. Um, and, and I, and I frame it from, you know, I go from something very self-fulfilling, you know, I am actually as a legally blind person helping to raise money to give a guide dog to a visually impaired person. So that's a lot more self-fulfilling than cleaning up a mess or making sure that computers and chairs are clean. It's right. just, it wasn't the same sort of fulfillment that I was getting from my previous job. So I did that. I paid my bills. Great. But I was very unhappy with the work that I was doing. And I was trying to work with like lighthouses, the blind, division of blind services, even the reemployment office I was working for. And I just didn't really get the help that I needed to find a job 
that could really suit my background. Um, you know, um, it was kind of very low entry positions that I felt, you know, not to be, you know, egotistical, but I thought I was at least better than because I just felt that, you know, a lot of these jobs, they weren't something really for me. So I didn't see a need to go into them. And I just felt there was a lot of misunderstandings, you know, of what I could do and what I couldn't do. So, um, literally, like you said, I was kind of somewhat sitting around, um, just playing video games again, because I still love to play video games. Um, I know for, you know, people who aren't visually impaired, that kind of seems weird for someone to say, um, but I, I love video games. So, um, my sister, who also has retinitis pigmentosa, she said, you know, you should really try and find a publication that will let you share your experiences as a visually impaired gamer. So I thought that was a really cool idea. So I sent like 50 emails out to all these different publications, got 49 no's basically. Um, but then there was a company out of the UK called Nintendo Life. And that was like, we want you to publish an article on the Nintendo Switch and six of its games and discuss that from accessibility. So that was like my first kind of taste of being an advocate and having my voice heard on an international level. And then that led to the Royal National Institute of Blind People, um, their Connect Radio, which is out of the UK. Um, they contacted me because they found my article and liked it. And then they had me come on and talk on their podcast. And that kind of sort of launched my interest into broadcasting. And also at this time, um, Sam Seavey of The Blind Life had released his OrCam video. Um, and I just really like fell in love with that content of his. And just all these things together really kind of motivated me to be, you know, not only an advocate, but to do stuff on a platform where people could go and hear me talk about things and see me talk about things. So that's kind of where my inspiration for the podcast started. So um, I started putting things together. I had a really good friend who's a professional photographer who knew things about cameras and a little bit about audio equipment. So he helped me find the stuff that wasn't like a thousand dollars, the stuff that I could afford. And um, yeah, I put that together and then slowly but surely um, I, I moved away from journalism and then I just went full into the broadcasting with the podcast. And since March of this year, it's just been nothing but the podcast. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because one of the first things that that uh, me and Ryan talked about when we when we looked you up um, is that you, you look at your your podcast page and it's hard to believe that you've only been doing this for three months because the <laughs> sheer volume of content that you've pumped out for that three months is really amazing um you know we we often think that we're crazy coming up with a weekly podcast but uh you are coming out with <laughs> what three episodes a week <laughs> how how sir do you do that <laughs> so um this probably will make you even go like, what the hell are you thinking? But um, there's been like a couple of weeks where I literally recorded probably um, eight episodes in a, in a week. So basically I've doubled up and done two recordings in a day. I've even had a day where I recorded four episodes in one day. Um, and of course that's absolutely insane to think about now because I'm actually trying to regulate my schedule. Um, I guess the, my, my, the thing behind that was I wanted to put out as much content as I could because I felt if I really 
worked in terms of putting out a lot of content, getting my voice around this amazing community that has been super kind to me as I've started this journey of mine. Um, I just have always had this mentality of, well, I might be new to this podcasting thing and, you know, this amazing community of the visually impaired and disabled, but um, I'm going to work harder than them, or at least I feel I'm going to work harder than them. Um, I'm the type of person where I can get up at six in the morning and stay up till 3 a.m. in the morning doing work. Um, And that's just been my mentality for a very long time because where I grew up here in the U.S., it's kind of like I was, I had to do that. Like if I didn't work that hard, then I was going to be left behind and no one was going to help me. So I felt like I always had to outwork my competition or my peers. So that's just something that's kind of wired in my head. So yeah, season one will be wrapping up soon. Um, 50 episodes in the first season. Um, But you know, I can't maintain that pace forever. So yeah, season two, I'm going to start cutting back, um, you know, only two episodes a week, but still do at least six episodes a month. And then, um, you know, keep the seasons to probably about three months and then um, take a a month long break in between every season. So definitely now that I've started to finally, you know, get those emails where people are like, oh, yeah, I've listened to an episode or, oh, yeah, I think a friend of mine told me about your podcast. I feel like, you know, I've put the work in to where I can say maybe now at least a little bit. I've made a name for myself. So it's just more about regulating and making sure that I can sustain this because I, I feel like I put the foundation in there um, for the most part. Chad, I have to say that you've had guests on your show that have never responded to me, mm, that really? I've never had on my show. Oh, our, really? Sorry, guys, our show. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, right. we, and we're in our about. seventh year now, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, and so I'm, I'm sort of curious when you first started the podcast and and you started that um schedule that insane schedule that you're you're, you're having was that was that part of sort of your strategy you know feeling like well if i can get like a lot of content loaded in then it's going to be a little bit easier getting people as guests because i know for us when we were first starting the first year i mean you really don't have uh you don't really have a strong leg to stand on Mm -hmm. in terms of when you're going to people and saying hey we're a podcast um, mm-hmm. you can go and check us out. And when you only have like 12 or 13 episodes, they might sort of go, eh. So mm-hmm. is that kind of your strategy early on is like, I need to pump out a lot of content so mm-hmm. that it sort of legitimizes the podcast. Yeah. So, um, when I started the podcast, um, I had reached out to someone and I was like, Hey, w- will you be like one of my first guests? And they came back saying, you know, we'd love to. But, you know, our mo- our model here at the company is we need to see at least like three to five episodes from you in terms of content and then judge if that content, you know, coincides with our own, you know, mission goals here. So that made me realize, okay, so I need to make sure that I have a bunch of content if I want to reach out to some people because there are going to be people who are going to come back and say, well, send me some of your episodes. And there's definitely been times when I've reached out to a guest and they said, well, can I see two to three of your episodes? And, you know, having a lot in the bank, whether, you know, it might not be guests that are known on an international level, they're known at least within this, you know, industry. So, you know, whether it's like a a teacher of visually impaired, um, you know, Dr. Conrad, who's worked with a number of guide dog organizations or, uh, you know, 
Sean of the um, Shane, sorry, Shane of SuperSense, you know, that was stuff that I had brought over from my journalism career, which was very, very brief. But I took some of the contents that I had gotten from that just contacted them and some of them were really really nice and just jumped on in the beginning but then i like i said i i did have to establish at least a little bit of kind of a vault of my content to then bring to some of those conversations because i have had a number of people saying well how long have you been doing your podcast what's your demographic how many people are Mm -hmm. listening to you Um, you know, do you have episodes you can share? And I I have had to do that. And that's where I feel like it was good for me to do that, that crazy, crazy schedule of basically getting as much guests as I can possible, even if they're, you know, just state or locally known. Well, and it's good to have some in the bank, like you're you're talking about, because as we've mentioned, guests will say no. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to, if you're Mm going to at least have a weekly podcast, schedule mm-hmm. you've got to have content to post mm-hmm. yeah and, and you do find that like some some guests that is a real concern for them you know mm-hmm. they are yeah. they they want to know your demographics they want to know how far reaching your your audience is because you know for them it's 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 a time, time. investment yeah. right mm-hmm. and so it's it's understandable i mean i think that our sort of I don't know the sort of the way that we approach it is is that you know it doesn't hurt to ask and mm-hmm. you know if they are more concerned with sort of a rate of return for them that's that's okay that's understandable yeah. and it's no hard feelings right yeah. mm-hmm. um but really for the most part and we discovered this early on i remember saying in the first few years of the podcast of you know being really amazed at how easy it was to get guests because yeah you would just yeah. basically say hey do you want to come on this podcast and nine times out of ten they were just thrilled to death to come mm-hmm. on and talk yeah 100 percent. i mean it's, it's been crazy because I thought, especially when I was first starting out, like the first month I was like, all right, I'm going to ask them in these guests. Um, you know, I, I really only connect with people that I'm truly interested in some way. You know, it doesn't have to be just their products. It can just be them as the person themselves. So, you know, if I want to work with someone or reach out to someone, I, I definitely have taken an interest in what they're doing and believe in it in some way. So, when I had all these guests, I'm just like, well, hopefully some of them are going to say yes, <laughs> or I don't know what I'm going to do because, you know, I don't have a co-host. It's just me. I'm, I've, I've always felt I'm not that interesting of a person when it's just myself. <laughs> so yeah, it was really surprising to get people say yes. And I'm just like, oh my God, thank you. I don't know what I would have done if you said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you flip through the Rolodex and move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely you, you do that. And, you know, I, you know, I reach out to a lot of people and, um, you know, I get no's and I get yes. But I would say, honestly, I've been very fortunate to say um, that I've gotten more yeses than I have no's. And um, I guess I'm just lucky. I really, I don't know what to attribute it to, but um I just feel very blessed that I've had that so far. That's what we've kind of found as well. I think that in general, we get a lot more yeses than we do noes. I mean, yes, we we do get rejections. And mm-hmm. as you can tell, Ryan takes it very personally. <laughs> but but it, so it does happen. But generally, it's usually the bigger companies, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. those companies that are a little bit concerned about, you know, time invested and, and all of that. But in general, especially when you when you're dealing with sort of uh, other advocates or organizations mm-hmm. they're they're thrilled 
to to come on because they understand that that it's giving them a platform to help spread whatever mm -hmm. it is their message or um, their issue or, or to come talk about their organization and and usually you know they're they, they love it or if you're <laughs> yeah. talking to individuals about their stories and stuff again they're they're completely thrilled to, to come on and have some airtime mm -hmm. yeah and I, and I like to think that I probably have grabbed a couple of guests that may have never before been asked to be on a podcast or never had any coming up doing a podcast you know um i just feel like some people just feel like they're not like big enough or they don't think that they're like important enough or you know but i i just you know i hope the people that have felt that way when i um before i've asked them just realize that um they are amazing people and all their stories matter in some way um to the larger universe so yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to think that I grabbed some people that um, hopefully, you know, were grateful that they had their story shared because I don't know if their story really had been shared before. So that's also something that I, 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 I think about, too, sometimes. It's, Chad, it, I was wondering if maybe for um, any of our listeners who are not members of the Low Vision community, if you could explain the significance of the 2200 in your name hindsight is 2200. <laughs> yeah, so I I love that. When I was thinking of a, a name for the podcast, I was trying to think of, well, what would be kind of a cool name for me? I wanted to originally go with Never Walk Alone um, because as a guide dog user, um, I, I don't walk alone. And as long as I have the harness in my hands, I never walk alone. So I always have that person with me them you know with that close bond that's protecting me um but I, I know there's a lot of never walk alones out there so i wanted something kind of original so i don't know what it was about hindsight is 2200 it's something that i've always have joked around and said in my life um with my dad and uh, he's always like hindsight is 2020 i was like well not if you're a visually impaired person it's more like 2200 so my whole thing was i wanted something about um you know, something that had to do with like visual impairment and at least some way, at least that was funny to me. So of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. The whole saying behind that is, well, if you had perfect vision and you were able to see things as they were going to happen or had happened, then you probably would never make a mistake because you'd have perfect vision no matter what. So 2200, that is kind of the benchmark for people that have some, in some way, a, a visual impairment. So my whole joke is that for me, it doesn't matter how clear my future, my present, or my past is, because I am 2200. But tr truly, I'm worse than that. Uh, my hindsight is never going to be perfect. So for me, hindsight is 2200 is basically me telling people that um, yeah, my vision is never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be able to look back and see things in a clear picture. But um, I'll do the best that I can with what I have, and hopefully that'll be enough. <laughs> and that's where the 2200 with hindsight is comes from. Now, in Canada, is it the same as in the U.S.? Because, like, here in the U.S., uh, for, for Rob and Ryan, because, um, like, uh, here, you know, everyone has gone to the, you know, the eye doctor at some point. You, you read from the Snellen chart with the letters. Right. And so, yeah, so... So here in the U.S., if you hit, if you if you are twenty two hundred or worse, uncorrected, mm -hmm. can't be corrected, then you are considered legally blind. So is that is that the same in Canada? Honestly, I don't know the answer to that, and <laughs> Steve probably would because this is what he does, <laughs> and of course he's not here. So. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I think we're in Canada. I think what they do, Liz, is they line up 
they line up penguins on an ice floe <laughs> and they, a certain number of penguins and then they ask you how many penguins can you can you make out and that, sounds, can. Like a, that so sounds like a lot more fun exam it's like they line up 20 penguins and then That's they start pushing you back further and further 100 feet 200 feet so you can see 20 penguins at 2200 feet Right. That would be an awesome test. <laughs> and then do they give you some goggles like A or B? That's B right. or C? That's right. What's better? Are they white with black feathers or black with white feathers? <laughs> A or B? Is he eating a fish or a poop? I mean, I don't know. What, what do penguins eat? They eat fish, right? Fish. Yeah, uh, fish. yeah I think so. They only yeah. okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I failed that 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 week of Animal Kingdom. <laughs> Well, I'm sure people can email us. They, can <laughs> let us they, know. they will believe me. They they still haven't told me why um, Toronto plays that stupid Hall and Oaks song, but I'm sure they'll tell me all the things that penguins eat. Can't yes. wait. Yes. It's true. Cowbell <laughs> at atbanter.com. There you go. I love it. So the now another another thing that I'm incredibly curious about is when you sat down to sort of formulate the podcast and and what most of the content would be did you kind of have a bit of a vision um because i know that our show you know we kind of evolved and and to be quite honest with you we feel like it's still evolving even mm -hmm. after uh, six years so you know what was there always a plan in terms of like who what kind of guests i'm gonna have and <laughs> what kind of the, the overarching message Mm -hmm. the show is going to be who it's going to be for mm -hmm. did you sit down and, and think about that or did you just start like just calling people and trying to get guests so it was kind of a mix of both if i was to really be honest it's like i i always knew that i wanted the podcast to be educational um because at least from my experience in life i've always grown up with people who don't have a good understanding of visual impairments or disability um so I grew up in a very rural town that literally my sister and I were the only two people that were losing our vision, at least at the time that we were growing up. Um, and then our town has no idea of how to actually handle or just treat visually impaired people like normal people that we are. So I've always felt that education was something big for me um, as just someone who had a voice and was willing to use it. So I always knew I wanted it to be educational. I always knew I wanted it to expose people to at least visual impairment. So early on, I had this thing where it was only going to be visually impaired. It was that was going to be the focus. Like I even had it in the description, you know, like blind journalist talks to guests to create a better blind new world. And then after about the first month of the podcast, I felt that was too limiting because I found myself wanting to talk to other disability communities. I wanted to talk to motor neural. I wanted to talk to cognitive um, sensory, um, even to um, auditory, you know, I, I wanted to talk to all these different guests with all these different walks of life. Um, so I felt to me, it would be a disservice to keep it as a visually impaired podcast. So I changed it very early on to basically, um, you know, like I say, like whether you're a disabled gamer, uh, engineer creating a device or a service for disabled people, um, you know, this is the podcast for you. I'm basically changing it from just being about visual impairments to now just being about disability as a whole. So that's something that I changed very quickly because I felt I needed it to because I wanted it to be more about just disability in general. Um, but I always knew I wanted it to be educational 
and I wanted it to be mostly interview um, because I feel like that's where I, I myself learned the most because there's been a number of times I've had these amazing guests on and I've learned as much as my guests have, um, not my guests, but my audience has. <laughs> um, so definitely I knew that. And, and then in terms of guests, I always had a couple of, you know, dream guests that I wanted on. And I thought I definitely want to get them this soon, but I mean, I guess, you know, I'm blessed to have them already. Um, but I always knew I wanted Sam CV at the blind life because he was an inspiration for me to become an advocate. I always wanted two blind brothers because uh, I love, what they do and how everything that they earn goes back to research finding blindness. Um, I always wanted to be in my eyes because I've known about that app and I've used it myself personally and benefited from it. So I've had a number of these guests that I wanted on, but thought, you know, it's never going to happen until like three, five years down the road. And I don't know how I did it. I guess it's just me being persistent because I literally will just continue to reach out, you know, like I'll email someone in a week, maybe not hear back from them in two, three weeks, email them again. Um, and then, you know, maybe even after a month, email them again to just keep up. You know, I just, you know, unless I hear a yes or a no from you, I won't stop emailing you. So um, <laughs> I'm very persistent. And I think that persistence has definitely paid off when it comes to some of my guests. Um, I feel it was me making sure that they told me yes or no, that um, really made it to where they eventually said yes. <laughs> mm. Well, and timing is everything too. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've mm -hmm. spoken to Sam as well. And, you know, some people's personalities really come into play too, right? Mm -hmm. And Sam, Sam seems quite humble and willing oh, yeah. to talk to anybody anytime mm -hmm. he's free, right? So mm -hmm. you will come across a lot of people like that. <laughs> And then yeah, I, and I thought I had to pay him. I, I was like thinking he's going to want some type of money because he's this big, super awesome, well-known YouTuber of all these companies wanting his opinion on these devices. And I'm just like, I'm going to have to pay him a bunch of money that <laughs> I don't have. And then he just comes back saying, when do you want to do it? And I'm just like, holy crap, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's just great. You know, he really, you know, he's such a humble person. And, you know, it's just great to be able to know that there's people out there because for me, I'm just, I, I have so many self-confidence issues just because of my traumatic and my trauma from growing up with vision loss. And I always feel like I'm never good enough to ask for someone to come on my podcast. I always just feel weird, especially when it's those people that I know are big and have that following. But I mean, they've said yes, so I guess I'm doing something right. <laughs> well, we've talked about that. that. There's a process, right? You know, I'm totally mm -hmm. blind. I lost it in a car accident. You know, Liz is partially sighted as, as well. So, you know, you're not alone in this community. And mm -hmm. yeah, people, people are willing to talk. People mm -hmm. are willing to share their stories. All you have mm -hmm. to do is ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, back to your point, when you when you talked about how much you learn to the podcast, that's mm -hmm. really one of the, the, the amazing things that that I love about doing this, this show is the amount of learning that you do when mm -hmm. you have all these different people and all these different organizations on constantly uh, learning and hearing uh, other people's stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and honestly, like this, this podcast is, is an incredibly rewarding thing. Yeah. to be doing and i'm sure that you know you find the same thing and you will find the same thing the more people mm -hmm. that you talk to yeah. um it, it is a really really amazing experience yeah it, it's really been just self-rewarding um yeah you know for me it's just like even 
if I don't ever really make money off of podcasting, because I do want this to eventually become like a full-time job. Like I'm very, um, what's the word optimistic, maybe even, um, you know, idealistic about where I can take this, you know, I really do want this to eventually become a small business. I'd love this to become like a radio network where I can pull in other amazing advocates from all different walks of life and disabilities and have them contribute to that. So have like our own disability radio show and stuff like that. Um, but for me, it's already been self-rewarding and I already count the podcast success because I've already learned so much and I've had people, you know, be introduced to all these amazing organizations and individuals with their stories and what they're doing. And I feel at least in some way, I've started to move the needle even further when it comes to um, universal accessibility. And that's honestly all I want at the end of the day is to know that I exposed people who otherwise would have never been exposed had I not talked to them and had those conversations on the podcast. Well, you did that in your last episode before the show started today. Lisa and I were talking about VTubers. And I'm like, what is a VTuber? I, I know nothing about VTubers. And so I listened to part of your episode and I still don't know what VTubers is. And maybe I'm just too old. It's not my demographic. So I just get off my lawn. So, you know, I've, I've always been a nerd. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 I'll joke and say, I've had a Game Boy Color since I was in my mother's stomach, you know? <laughs> I, I've been a nerd since the day I popped out the womb. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've always loved animation. So um, anime, as in like, Japanese animation, which that's what it is, um, and cartoons, I've, I've always been in love with it. I've been so fascinated and just, just gung-ho about my love for that. And um, VTubing is kind of an extension of that because it takes, you know, that love of animation um, and then allows basically you to inhabit that role. And for a lot of people that do this, they are in some way trying to express a artistic side of them that they otherwise feel that they can't do in their actual normal lives. Sure. Um, so for them, it's the outlet of they can be the singer, the artist, the entertainer that they feel otherwise that they can't do and kind of this standard foundation that we have in this, you know, in the real world. Right. For some other reason or not. And um, I, I've loved it. I think it's fascinating. You, know, you really can see, especially when you watch these um, VTubers stream, their love and how they inhabit these roles. And for them, it's almost like an extension of who they really are. And it really is, you know, that's, that is them. It's just in this character so that it's more accepting and appealing to you, the audience, but that is still them. Um, so I, I love that. And I feel that's just another thing that um, I can bring to the table is, you know, I'm only 29. So I've, I've grown up to where, you know, video games and animation and have taken on these weird new kind of forms. And I, you know, have, never closed my my mind to the possibility of what these things can become and inhabit in the market so uh i try and stay hip <laughs> i guess <laughs> is what i'm trying to say um and just kind of bring in these things where otherwise people are just going to be like well i don't know what that is so i guess i'll never learn about it so hopefully i can just you know have someone come on and tell you what it is and then you can at least understand it a little bit <laughs> yeah absolutely like i said i'd never heard of it before your show so mm -hmm. yeah you see ryan you're you're 
your v your vtube avatar could like have a six pack and no see my vtube avatar is going to be just the same as my avatar on tiktok it's going to have the pink tutu with the hula hoop and hula hoop (laughs) maybe some assless chaps (laughs) <laughs> while playing the trombone that can be your intro as you're warming up the stream that's right yep yeah look out just TikTok. have it on a loop yep <laughs> we're taking notes this is gonna happen, oh, this is gonna happen. anniversary show next year gonna... yeah he's like <laughs> so so ryan I, i've looked through the budget we can get you the model. Do you still want the hula hoop, the assless chaps, and the pink tutu? We will find money in the budget. <laughs> D- don't yeah. worry. I'm going to get so much sponsorship money for my my, my drinking that we're going to be set. Don't worry. Awesome. So talk to me a little bit about then your editing process. Because do you, do you go through a, a pretty, you know, thorough editing process, you know, in post? Or do you just record the show live and then just release it? I honestly do the best that I can. Um, you know, I'm no master when it comes to editing or mixing. So I definitely do the best I can on my own. So, you know, I always, you know, edit stuff that I, because the way I do it is I kind of have my intro and my outro. So if a lot of times I'll be talking to my guests before I do my actual intro, because I always like do a lead, a countdown, three, two, one, and then I start, you know, my regurgitation of the you know the the plugging and the introducing yeah. so i edit all that out i edit anything that might be caught up at the end because you know a lot of times i do stay on with my guests and talk to them you know just let them know like hey thank you so much you were awesome because a lot of times my guests like they don't seem it but they're extremely nervous of coming on because they've never really been on a podcast before so i just always like to reassure them afterwards like you were great you were phenomenal. Heck, I'd have you on it. You know, I just, I just try to let them know they were amazing. Um, and then, like sometimes, I will have those like where I need to go through the actual episode and take things out, or say like, oh, the episode with Sam actually was two parts into one. So I had to basically, he had a meeting he had to go to in the middle of the episode. So basically, we we stopped it, and then he came back on, and then basically I had to take two episodes you know, cut out the stuff from that one episode, merge it with the other. Um, and then there's been times where I've had an episode where like I had to take out four parts of where someone's phone alarm went on because they had to go walk <laughs> their guide dog. So I had to take that out. Um, but if it's like, just like our conversation, unless there's like something really egregious, like, you know, like uh, a food order comes in the middle of the episode or a fire alarm comes off. I don't do a lot of editing with the voice tracks because I just try and keep them as natural as they can be. But definitely I go through and I scrum up as much as I can. And a lot of times though, I'll have my friend, um, Kaden, who who's a lot better editor than I am. Um, and has a lot better software than I do. Um, and he'll help me a lot too. So I definitely have someone that's behind me to help me if I need it. I do as much as I can, but of course, I am in no ways a amazing editor. <laughs> well, and, it, and I mean, and I have to, I have to give you kudos. Um, it's for, for us, I think it's a lot harder to, to do stuff live with no editing than it is mm-hmm. to edit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cause you know, we're really good at up. <laughs> well, which, I will, which I'm just going to have to edit out now later. About. Yeah, which I have to bleep. So I just created work for myself. But... You've left them in before. Don't worry Sometimes. about it. 
sometimes. There are a couple that snuck through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. made it past the goalie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got we got emails about them. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And the usually, you know, here's the... Rod drops an f bomb. No, but that's the thing. That's and that's really the only time I ever leave him in is when I do it, and I'm just like, okay, I'm okay with like letting mm-hmm. this one sneak by because I figure because I'm not gonna you know throw you guys under the bus. Yeah. But then people are just like, wow, that Rob guy is he's a potty mouth. <laughs> he's potty. Everybody else is so well behaved, and you know, meanwhile, that's right. They're like, know, wow, it, she she um she like mutes herself before she says a bad word. She's so that's, polite. Yeah, that's right. I mostly stay clean. That's for the most part. But uh, I do have episodes where I definitely curse. Um, I just always warn my audience of those episodes and be yeah. like, listen, if you don't like explicit language, especially constant, because some of my guests, you know, they get on their passionate soapboxes and yeah. they want to speak from the heart. Um, who am I to cut that out from them? So I definitely be like, always when I'm like posting the link, I'm like, fair warning. If you do not like the F word, this is not the episode for you because we both use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because there is a little bit of, of a, a method to the, my madness when I do mm-hmm. do that, because it's usually either for, for comedic purposes mm-hmm. um, or it is. A sort of it's a passion thing sometimes mm-hmm. you know what the f-bomb deserves to be thrown down mm-hmm. uh, when does. you're talking about something <laughs> uh and so sometimes they you know they they get left in so you can't please everybody though that's that's also something that is very yes. apparent and i and i've known for a very long time um you know you, you're going to get constructive criticism and i, and I have and at least what, what i've done when i've gotten it is said i'll look into it um and i have looked into every piece that I've gotten and sometimes I can't do anything about it and I'm very honest with them saying that this is something that I can't I can't control so I'm very sorry but I don't know what I'm supposed to do here and then other times I do and I can but um I just hope you know people know that I I can only control what I can control um and sometimes constructive criticism can't be implemented because sometimes the platforms that we are using they themselves haven't even thought of some of that constructive criticism. So right. what I've done in those instances, I was just at least passed it along to the companies and see what they can do with it. Uh, we've talked about universal design ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally, it made my cat puke. <laughs> <laughs> over my microphone cable. <laughs> Uh, this, we're going to have to put a disclaimer at the front. Um, this podcast does talk about... Uh, Cat puke? Puking cats. Gravy Listen, don't be... Feline regurgitation. You guys brought up assless chaps, so don't even talk to me about my (laughs) cats. This episode might trigger you to vomit. (laughs) (laughs) For a variety of different... Feline regurgitation is very offensive, so... If you've ever ever seen it, trust me. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, tell that to your (laughs) farting dog. <laughs> My girl is gassy. She is. Yeah, there you go. Is cat versus dog is environment. We need a V. You guys need to become VTubers. We'll have an avatar of a cat and an avatar of a dog doing some sort of YouTube. live stream. Gassy dog and pukey cat. Gassy dog and pukey cat. Right. This, oh my god, that's a cartoon. Isn't yes, it? Exactly. Just, that's an adult swim cartoon ready for the taking. Yeah, trademark it, copyright it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cop- we've had to copyright a lot of stuff. We got to copyright our cookbook. <laughs> where all these now good this. ideas come from? I know. I don't know what happened. That's gonna be like chapter four of Fifty Shades of Gravy. 
<laughs> the, the farting dog and the peeking cat? The farting cat? dog and the peeking cat. They're going to be wondering, well, why no, is I that think... gravy making their dogs fart and their cats puke? Hey, it's all, this, look, this, this book is it's a lot of satire. We're working on it. So, we'll, wor yeah. we'll workshop these ideas. These yeah, are all, this is all just sure. brainstorming. For sure. Listen, Chad, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, where the heck can people <laughs> find your podcast if they so desire? Yeah, absolutely. So um, hindsight is 20 slash 200. Hindsight is 20 slash 200. It's on Anchor. It is on Spotify and is on Apple Podcasts. And if anyone would also like to follow me on social media, um, I have a Facebook page. Hindsight is 20 slash 200. Um, just make sure you capitalize the I. And then on Twitter, I am at 2200 hindsight. That is at 20200 hindsight. All one word at 2200 hindsight. So that's where you can find me at. And I have to say, I recommend everybody going and checking it out. Um, there's already a ton of amazing <laughs> content there after three months. <laughs> Uh, so... Too much content, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you know, uh, I really do feel like your podcast and our podcast, we are very much uh, kindred spirits mm. uh, because I think it, it was born out of the, the same sentiment. A lot of our content really lines up really well. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I, so I, I definitely recommend to anybody, any regular listeners of AT Banter, go over and, uh, and check out Hindsight. Uh, you're going to love it as well. Yeah, and absolutely would love to have all of you, whether it's individual episodes, two at a time. Um, I'd love to have you guys over on Hindsight. Um, like we, we'd be thrilled said, to. I, I feel we align very, very well, so I would love to have you on the podcast as well. <laughs> all right, well, listen, Ryan's our people. Ryan's our mm -hmm. schedule person. Right. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. I've had a lot of fun. Awesome. Okay, okay thanks, Chad. Have a good night. Nice to meet you, Chad. Yeah, you take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, look at that, man. That work ethic, I, I still can't get over that schedule. Three a week. Well, and that's what he's posting. Yeah, and he's recording, recording more. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so but. Liz, you need to step it up a little bit. Liz. <laughs> She's good at scheduling. Yeah, Liz. There's four of us. I need help. <laughs> We could not, but no, but it, it does also, like in all honesty and in our defense, it does make it a lot easier to schedule when you're an army of one. Oh, absolutely. Um, trying to schedule uh, a guest plus four co-hosts uh, yep. would be an absolute freaking nightmare, as Ryan can attest to. Well, and that's why you, basically we're at the point now, whoever can make it makes it, right? So Yeah, sure. Because we'll never yeah. always have all four of us here. You know, it can be really challenging for sure, especially, you know, when it's, when it's a side gig. So, yep. Well, maybe I'll but, just have to start booking guests in the evening or something after hours. Yeah. But then a lot of people can't make that either. So, you know, you, you gotta, it really, you know, it, it's it is tricky. So, but, but I mean, the flip side of that though, is that it's, it's hard to do a podcast when it's just you, when you don't have other people that you can sort of banter with and bounce things around. Uh, it's, it's challenging and, and, you know, having that interview that is relying completely on you that's a lot of pressure and i mean i tell you it's, it's i love it i love seeing other podcasts spring up that uh that are advocating like yeah like this um and uh yeah the more the better well you know and you know what i like when you hear about these new podcasts that are that are springing up it really keeps the medium relevant yep that it's not like 
what what this podcast nonsense like no it's a it's 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 becoming just as big as any other medium out there that you know guests want to put their voices out there and uh and, and reach all audiences anyways anyways we're going late all right so let's oh, wrap it up okay. it's dinner time uh hey ryan yes hey Rob. nothing all right yeah nothing nothing for you got nothing uh, hey. She's drunk. <laughs> gonna cack me. Cowbells make her giggle. What? Hey. Oh, she's gone. Womp <laughs> <laughs> womp. Bye, Liz. This is a little stronger than the seltzer. <laughs> well, I don't know. All the seltzer said was alcohol. Didn't even tell you what kind. <laughs> yeah, well, some of that, uh, I don't know if it's a Guinness. That, that stuff packs a punch. Maybe it's mm. if it's a dark beer. Mm. I, I go right to your head. I do. I I'm a fan of the Hefeweizen. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a cow? It's fun to say too. It is fun to say. Heifer is a cow. Good luck. Hefeweizen. It might be. I don't know. It's German. I think. The German beers. I'm gonna take it next it time I get next time I go to this brewery that I really like. I'm gonna take a picture of it and just. I need to put it on the AT Banter social media. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Right. Uh, okay, anyways, moving on. Hey, Liz. Uh, yeah, what's up, Rob? Uh, where can people find us? Uh, we can be found on the web at atbanter.com. Wait, uh, wait. What? Do you know what else? Oh my God, this is an hour and a half. Is they can also like find us at atbanter.ca. Oh, you know can that? they? They can. No. Yeah. Well, there you go. There All right. Go. If if dot com, if that one extra letter is just too much for you, <laughs> then yes, you can find us. A comes before o, o, might be quicker. Atbanter.ca as well. <laughs> Save yourself one letter of typing. That's like you, you can't. If you've got dexterity that, issues, reaching that out might be tricky. We put the cut in cowbell <laughs> it didn't make any sense but whatever we'll have a, we'll have a marketing meeting we'll, we'll, work, we'll workshop that one well, i was gonna Let's... say we put the cut and cud <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> can we just i want to get oh, you this outro i want to eat <laughs> oh, this, gonna... Li- this is gonna wet herself <laughs> there she goes oh my god Oh, and I love when Rob gets hangry. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it. Oh, I'm sorry. So much He's work. just huffing and sighing and puffing and uh, rolling so his God. eyes. All right, oh, fine. God, children, my God. It's just, you guys yeah. are so much work. No, it's true. Today, I feel like I have had to have been the adult in the room. I don't oh. know what that is. Maybe it's because Steve's not here. I don't know. Or you guys are just... Are just Guys are out of control today. I need the button playing. At least it's not a trombone. Okay. <laughs> where were we? I don't even know where we're at now. Hey, Liz. I have, what no, are we... we can find us. You can find us at atmagic.com or CA. Or dot ka. They can also drop us an email if they so desire. At cowbell. At atmagic.com. Or dot CA. They can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. 
And Twitter. And Twitter. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Hey, don't forget Twitter. That's right. Womp womp. Uh, <laughs> start up a new social media platform called Womp Womp. <laughs> <laughs> we get all the bright ideas on this show. It's, it's so true. It's true. It is actually true. It is we've, true. We've done a lot of work in this show. It's gone long, but man, we've come up with several million dollar ideas. Yep. And, Got some new guest yeah, that's ideas. App. Womp womp. Womp yeah, womp. It sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> swipe right, swipe left, swipe down, you get a womp womp. Womp womp. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Yeah, that is going <laughs> to. my line. Stick my line, you bastard. Uh, all right. That is going to about do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Big thanks to Chad, of course, for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. Womp womp. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.